Hello. Yes. Hello, Hello. the table. Hello, Matt. Hello, Ben. We're Hello, we're back table. for another we're back for another table chat. Matt and I both have our pipes, and we're sitting by the hearth, uh, smoking oh. our pipes. And uh, if you can hear the the fire crackling in the background, no, just kidding. We're social distancing. We're in two different houses. I'm we're, on my futon in my office, and yeah. you're in your chair in your office. I'm in my chair, in my office, where the same thing I do every day. I sit in my chair in my sit <laughs> for every meeting. I sit in my chair in my office. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, what are we chatting about today, Ben? Well, today, friends, I uh, thought we'd chat about an email that my wife sent to me. Um, asking me why I never move the chair back after I work out. Oh. No, just kidding. That's not that email. That's a different, uh, that's different oh, okay. email. We, we don't need to talk time. about that. Yep. Next time? No. Yeah, next time. Let's talk about that one. <laughs> uh, I did remember to move the chair back today, though. Um, so, uh, no, the email that I'm talking about, just my wife has not, my wife does ask me to move the chair, but she does not send me emails about it. The email she sent me was an email from Richard Rohr. Uh, many of you may have heard of him. He is a uh, teacher, a uh, Franciscan friar. Um, and it was from his daily meditation email. And here, here's what he says. Mm. So just set this up briefly. And I, I just had this reflection about it. About And basically, this is like the, the combination or the intersection of what we're learning about psychology and trauma and what we know about spiritual growth and uh, transformation. So, um, so she forwarded me this email and Richard Rohr was reflecting on the, uh, the passage in Exodus where Moses asks God, show me your glory. And then God responds in kind of this unusual way where he says, I'll, I'm going to place you in the cleft of the rock and I'm going to shield you with my hand until I've passed by. And then I'm going to take my hand away and you'll see my backside, but my mm -hmm. face will not be seen. And so Rohr is reflecting on his own experience of the way that he used to teach that passage and you can still teach it, you know, uh, in different ways, but he's reflecting on his own uh, experience of prostate cancer in light of that passage. And he says this, my best spiritual knowing almost always occurs after the fact in the remembering, mm -hmm. not seen until God has passed by. So I realized that in the moments of diagnosis, doctor's warnings, waiting, delays, surgery, I was fragile, scared, and insecure as anybody would be. If I would have if I could stay with the full narrative all the way through to the end, only afterward could I invariably see, trust, and enjoy the wonderful works of God. And so he says this, it is largely after the fact that faith is formed and gloriously transmuted into hope for the future. Only after the fact can you see that you are being held during the fact and led during the fact. During the fact, you do not enjoy or trust your own strength at all. In fact, quite the opposite. You just cry out in various ways. Then God, for some wonderful reason, is able to fill the gap, but only after you look back on the fact. Okay? So follow me so far? I think so. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think we've all had experiences like this where we look back on our lives and we think, oh, I, I see where God was, or I see what was happening there, or I see that this was a blessing or a thread of grace, you know, but we, we only see that kind of looking back. And so this rings true in my life. Um, but then it got me thinking about trauma and what we're learning about trauma. And so um, what I know about trauma, I'm no expert, but it's, it's held in the body. And what it does is it keeps people stuck in the past so that whenever trauma is triggered, the body actually yeah. believes it's, it's experiencing it again or it's still experiencing whatever the hurtful event was. Um, and so it struck me that like if spiritual transformation only occurs after the fact, 
that trauma can block spiritual transformation because there is no after the fact for somebody who is experiencing like PTSD or, or some kind of trauma that they're unable to uh, find healing from yet or cannot overcome yet because it doesn't allow a person to actually look back on a, an experience because they still feel their body, their body is experiencing it in the moment. So that, yeah. that's what a trigger is, is like people get triggered and they feel that they are being attacked right now. Um, and they are unable to then look back on an experience because they, they don't have the experience of something have had something that has happened to me. They have the experience of something happening to me again right now in the moment. Yeah. So I was just struck by that. I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I think I was struck by it because it seems to me that this is a very real potential block for our spiritual transformation if we have an experience of trauma that we're unable to, or maybe we're unaware that there's this experience of trauma that's blocking our ability to do some of this reflection that Roar is talking about, where I can look back and think, oh, I see what God was doing because I, I don't have the ability to look back. I'm, I'm stuck in the present or I'm stuck in the mm -hmm. past thinking it's the present. So anyway, do you have any reflections on that, Matt? Well, um, it reminds me of why we track Kairos moments in our DNA groups. Yeah. So we, we notice and bring to our groups what has happened to us because we trust that reflection, discernment, and receiving and responding, even in those past moments, leads to our transformation. Right. Um, so I'm encouraged by that because uh, I feel like that's, that's how I've experienced uh, a good deal of the transformation in my life. Some of it happens instantaneously. I'm sure some of it happens without mm -hmm. my perceptive awareness or participation, but that which I am responsible for and do participate in is typically uh, mining the past for uh, doorways into the present, right? Yeah. Um, I'm also thinking about how, like, uh, there's just two ways to say this. Like, trauma keeps you locked in the past. Yeah. Uh, but also trauma means the past is always intruding into the present. Mm. Mm -hmm. So that you're unable to be present because you're busy reliving or rehashing um what's or recollecting what's happened to you in the past. Yeah. So it cuts you, it actually keeps you locked in the past and uh, distanced from the present. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You're unable to see like, and that's what a trigger is. A trigger is something that reminds me, it reminds my body of something traumatic that's happened to me, convinces my body it's happening again which means what I'm present to is what happened to me thinking it's happening yeah. now, which makes yeah. me unable to actually see what's happening, which is oftentimes not, not what I'm worried is happening anyway. You know what I mean? Like yes. that's why it's called a trigger is like, Oh, that person didn't mean to, you know, the dog might be barking at me because it wants to play. But yeah. if I've got trauma in my body about a dog, I might just, all I'm experiencing is I'm about to be attacked, you yeah. know? And so I can't play with the dog. I can't enjoy the dog. Just to use an example. Um, yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I guess my encouragement then would be, if this rings true for you, if there's an area of your life that seems like, man, I just keep bumping up against this and I, I don't seem to be able to, I don't know, make any progress or find any healing, like maybe, maybe think about whether trauma is involved. And this is where I think like a professional therapist can really help. Like they've, they've developed these 
uh, therapies for trauma that are, I mean, some of them are kind of weird, you know, like EMDR, like you listen to clicking and you track eye movements and there's all kinds of stuff, but they've been proven to kind of like, because our body, our, our, the trauma is stored in our bodies, yeah. we oftentimes need a professional who's been trained in kind of how to unlock this trauma you gotta through hack bodily into movement. It. You got to ha- kind of hack into it. But if you can find that freedom, it, it can unlock, you know, tons of spiritual transformation that might be yeah. being blocked by the fact yep. that you just have some trauma that you've got to work through. And it's okay. Yeah. We've all got a little bit of it. You know, some of us have a lot, yeah. but it's okay. And it, it's actually a gift to us that there's people now who are, all the things we're discovering about it is a gift and it, it's grace mm-hmm. in our lives because we can, we can attend to these things now in ways that we couldn't, you know, 10 years, 20 years ago. Yeah. I think there's another podcast to talk about the connection between trauma that's unprocessed and sort of festers and sits in our bodies mm-hmm. and our, uh, Western European culture that is really bad at grief. Mm, yeah. We don't know yeah. how to be sad about sad things and we don't know how to stay sad uh, long enough. Yeah. And so I think it comes out, uh, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying everybody who's traumatized is like this. Yeah. I'm not saying everybody who's depressed is like this. Right. But I think when, when we have unprocessed pain, unfinished hurt, un wept for sadness, it metastasizes and it mm. festers and it comes out as depression Yep, uh, and sometimes comes out as trauma. That's my hypothesis. That's my armchair hmm. pastoral hypothesis, Ben. Yeah. Well, I, there's something to it, it seems to me. Well, good. We're, right. we're totally not, we're totally not qualified to make any kind of no, no, no. Uh, definitive statements Diagnoses, about that. Diagnoses, nope. Nope. But I, but I'm just, I just, I think I've read that somewhere, and I've also <laughs> noticed it in myself. Anyway, we yep. got to run. That's we do. We got another appointment. But uh, thanks, guys, for uh, attending uh, to table chat. Maybe let's t- chat about that um, another time. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe. Peace. Maybe tomorrow. Peace, table, church. We love you guys. Bye. Mm-hmm.